Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space. This is Dr. Mark Shapiro. Um, glad to have you back with us, and I am really excited to be uh, sitting down to chat with my guest today, Dr. Faye Reef Passaru. Uh, she does the same thing I do. She is also a full-time practicing hospitalist. She holds it down on the East Coast while I'm on the West Coast, so we'll have some uh, uh, coastal disagreements probably on food and drink, things like that, but we'll get to that later. Um, the reason that she's here, though, is she does also what I do. Is She has her own podcast. And it is a podcast that is an absolute treat to listen to. It is such a fun exploration of medicine and science and art and philosophy and the human experience. It's called the Art of Medicine Podcast. So we're going to dive into that just a little bit today. Uh, Dr. Reef Passeru, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thanks so much for having me. So uh, like I say, you are doing what I've sort of started paddling out into you've been podcasting for quite a while now and I think your podcast has reached a really nice audience but for for the physician scientist this is not something that we are necessarily trained in you know mass media communication um, certainly the technology behind organizing a podcast what was the what was the spark that that fired you up on this journey because I'm really interested in that there there's a lot of medical podcasts out there but they're didactic they're if A, then B, when you're treating heart failure, do X, Y, and Z. What are the newest findings in critical care medicine? Your podcast is not that at all. What was the spark that sent you down this road on this really creative journey? Well, you know, I have a pretty uh, non-traditional background, I guess, for a doctor. Um, so my background was much more in the arts and in theater and in radio and in creative writing. Um, and so, you know, deciding to go into medicine was uh, a decision I made after I left college. Um, and, you know, I hadn't been pre-med. I hadn't taken any of the classes. Um, so I actually did a, a post-back, um, moved to New York after college. I did a post-back and, and from there, to, you know, went to medical school. Um, but I was still really passionate about a lot of the things that I did prior to medicine. Um, and one of those things was, um, a really, a, a deep love for radio. Uh, and I was really, a sort of a huge fan of radio before podcasts were, were really, you know, something that I knew about or were really popular. Um, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I, I worked for a, a public radio station on a show in, um, in Washington, D.C., um, and started to, you know, write promos and write interviews for, for public radio. Uh, and, I, and I loved that. And I particularly loved the sort of theatrical and creative qualities of, of that kind of performance. Um, when I got to medical school, I, I really felt that I was frequently benefiting in many ways from experiences that I'd had prior uh, in in theater and writing and radio, um, and I was, you know, constantly thinking about connections between science and art. You know, connections with uh, some of those other fields, um, and I didn't quite know how to how to 
combine those interests and also maybe to try and share those connections because I thought that they might be also helpful or interesting to other people, both in medicine or outside of medicine. So when I was in residency, um, you know, I had become, you know, as podcasts had had become more and more popular, I had become just an enormous fan of many, many, many podcasts in addition to uh, regular radio as well. Um, and I thought that that might be sort of the perfect way to, um, to have a creative outlet to make those connections and to um, sort of think about how the lines can really be blurred between the arts and sciences in a way that, that sort of teaches people on both sides of that divide. You know, that, that, that connective tissue, that, those connections that you're talking about, I think is one of the things about this whole medium that's so exciting. And I want to know if, as you've been rolling this out, you've been doing this for quite some time. Who has been picking up on it? Who's been finding it? Have, have you heard from colleagues, patients? Have you heard from people who said, you know, this is impacting me in a specific way? Or are, are you finding connective threads that are pulling sort of disparate elements together as people are hearing the work you're doing or maybe participating in some of the work that you're doing? Yeah, it's been really an amazing experience because, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of people in my professional world or in my social world who, you know, have listened to the podcast and um, have been, you know, fans of the podcast. But hearing from people sort of just out in the world that um, that somehow just stumbled upon it on the Internet um, or heard about it through uh, through other podcasts um, has been so fascinating Um there's something just really unbelievable about creating something, putting it out there, and and sort of just having having this uh, have people. What's the best way to say it? Um, having people reach out to you who um, who are now connecting to you through that work. Um, I think you know some of the more interesting you know feedback. Some of the most interesting feedback I've gotten has been from people um, outside of medicine. You know, I had a, an artist who reached out to me um, to sort of talk about how it was, you know, fascinating to her, um, e- even though she was not within the medical field. I also had a professor at a um, state college who reached out to me and told me that he was using it in one of his classes to to teach his students. Um, and uh, I've had other podcasters reach out to me, um, you know, People through social media reach out to me who are doing similar, you know, types of medical humanities work, you know, elsewhere outside of the podcast world. Um, and it's it's always really fascinating. I, you know, I look at my sort of my feed, my podcast feed, and I can see where people are downloading it. And mm-hmm. to see that people are downloading it in countries you know, far off countries is sort of unbelievable and uh, kind of amazes me always to to think about um, how things can spread this way and how information and and sort of ideas can be spread this way through through a podcast. When you're able to track that that information, how many downloads have you had? You've been up and running since what two thousand? What year did you start? Um, so I started, uh, I guess, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Oh, I, I guess I would say I started working on it maybe a little over two years ago, but okay. it's been out for maybe a year and a half. Um, and I so just how put many it, downloads do you think you've gotten yeah. in that time? 
So I, I actually know um, a little over 40,000 downloads. <laughs> I mean, when, you, when you think about that number, that is just, it's stunning. It's just wonderful. And you think that, you know, there's that something that those 40,000 people have in common who would have had nothing in common is the shared experience of listening to the interpretation of the human experience, the the art and philosophy and science associated with the study of the human body that you're putting out there. That's an amazing connectivity that bridges gaps that we probably could never even anticipate. Yeah, absolutely. It gives me a lot of hope that there are, you know, that there are people in the world who are interested in, um, and sort of breaking down some of what I think of as really artificial boundaries between disciplines that I think we've become so siloed in our academic disciplines in, you know, in the 20th and 21st century in a way that, that we really weren't uh, historically and that we've lost a lot because of that. As people have become more and more specialized in their fields, um, they're, they're operating within a very specific uh, sort of uh, methodology and perspective that comes from that discipline. Um, but when you are able to engage yourself with multiple disciplines, including artistic, uh, artistic ones, you are forcing yourself to think about these same issues from a variety of perspectives um, and with a sort of different means of expression and logic and understanding that I think gives you a much broader understanding of, of what you're looking at. Some of that understanding, though, that, that's an interesting thing, because one of the reasons that I got into podcasting is I wanted to you know, explore issues that I think physicians, healthcare providers have an understanding of from one, one angle, and those in, who are seeking healthcare have from a different angle. Do you think, and, and I think that overall, you know, physicians, per, the perception of physicians in healthcare, at least in the United States, probably could stand to improve quite a bit. Do you think that providing this approach where your listeners can hear that, hey, your physicians, physicians are humanists at heart. We're trained, you know, to be scientists, but we're also trained to take care of the human being and the human condition. Do you think that there's any sort of softening of what people think of their doctor when they're able to hear some of the material directly because of some of the material you put out? When I listen to it, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing people learning about their physician and being able to think about their physician probably in a different way than they're exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, I, you know, I think that a lot of what I'm doing is trying to push back against um, sort of a, a different progression in the medical field towards doctors who are in some ways less humanistic. I think that you know, one of the things that's happened in the last uh, few generations is um, doctors do not have the personal relationships that that they once did with their patients, and and that is in some cases um, for good reasons, and in some reason, in some cases for bad reasons. I think fundamentally, uh, there used to be a system where most people um, interacted with generalists, and many of those generalists lived in the communities that they served and they treated a population for, you know, uh, you know, many, many decades. And so 
you didn't really need to try to be, say, humanistic or try to sort of truly hear people's stories because you knew those people. These were your neighbors. These were your family members. These were your community members. And so there was an inherent trust and connection and relationship there um, that was sort of built in to that system. And as we've gone to a system where medicine is more specialized, people see fewer generalists. They have, because of a lot of different reasons and insurance reasons and economic reasons and also just other advancements in the field, people are not as reliant on generalists and and primary care doctors in, say, a private practice in their community as they once were. And as a result, I don't think that doctors have become less humanistic inherently, but they're, they're faced with a much harder task because they're not being asked to you know, think about their neighbor as a human being when they communicate difficult news. They're they're being asked to do that for sort of an unending uh, uh, assembly line of patients. Uh, you know, of enormous numbers as the pressures have have increased to see more and more patients, and asking doctors to remain grounded and connected and empathetic and humanistic in this sort of very fast-paced and difficult and impersonal type of medicine that is going on, that's really, really difficult. And I think that it's not going to happen just on its own. It's not something that is just going to be solved by sort of picking the, you know, the best people to be doctors to do this job, because I think we need to be a little more proactive about how we are going to retain our humanity in this very dehumanizing system in some ways. And so a lot of what I see in the medical humanities is an opportunity to be a little more um, intentional in pushing back against some of those difficult forces. I, I agree with what you're saying. I do, however, think that medical education in some ways has let down our our generation. Um, and I say that because you're absolutely right the 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 model of the you know the the general practice doc who goes to the house and things like that that doesn't really exist anymore that being said we're still really empowered to say and interact with our patients however we like i think you know for myself as a hospitalist you know i'll see patients for several days you know while they're in the hospital i may not see them again uh, unless they need to be readmitted but i still feel like there's ample opportunity for really powerful connections in really quick hits and really small bites. And a lot of it gets to the work that you're doing is just finding the things that you have in common with someone and having a little bit of, I mean, quite honestly, it just takes a little bit of courage to be a little bit vulnerable to just talk about yourself. So, you know, me, I'm a history major. I got my degree in history and I still like to study history and I like to give talks on the civil war. And so if I see a patient who has a book that I've read, we're going to talk about that book. If mm-hmm. I am chatting with a patient's family member and they mention they have a dog, we're going to talk about our dogs. I think that we've been discouraged in a way, though, to do that. Um, yeah. And that it's, 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 it's a missed opportunity. And so for, for physicians to say, you know, it's hard for me to connect with my patients, I don't have time, I'll be quite honest with you. I get a little frustrated when I hear that because I think to myself, you know, you may not be best friends. You may not, you know, resonate. They may not resonate with you forever, but you're going to resonate with them for a long time. You're their doctor. And if you reach out on that human level in just one small way, 
that's an impact that you can't calculate and it's a valuable impact as well. I completely agree. I think that that's absolutely true. I just think that being able to 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 do that with lots of people that you're maybe meeting for the first time, it comes somewhat easier to some people than to others. That's and a fair point. That's a fair point. And I think that it the the opportunities are absolutely there, and I do think that we can really connect with our patients, and and that's something I'm really interested in. But I think that it's it takes a little bit more uh, planning and thought and training, perhaps, to to help people to do that, to to empower people to do that, to make them feel comfortable doing that, um, to make it seem socially acceptable to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that. It's someplace that we can definitely get to, but we're going to have to prioritize it. No, I think that that's absolutely true. Have you ever talked about your podcast with patients? You know, that's a really interesting question. I would say um, extremely rarely, uh-huh. extremely rarely. Yeah. Um, I think that it it has come up once or twice. Okay. Um, but I guess one of the reasons that I don't bring it up is I don't want to feel like I am trying to publicize myself I in that 100%. interaction. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not that I w- I'm trying to hide it. And yeah. if they find out about that, I think that, that that's fine and that's yeah. wonderful. I have no problem with them listening. But I also don't want them to feel like I'm I'm using them as you know, as a means to advertise that that's, I guess what I'm more sensitive to. Yeah, no, I think that that I agree with that 100%. I don't, I, I try to be very selective of who I mention the podcast to and it'll do what it's going to do. But certainly there's so much going on in our interactions with our patients anyways that, but, the, but I guess the point though, is that some of the themes and lessons that you get into are things that will resonate um, when you are conversing with your patients, their families, your colleagues, without needing to obviously explicitly mention the Art of Medicine podcast. Absolutely. And I actually had one patient who was interested in doing her own sort of social media uh, production. I think it was going to be more of a blog, uh, not not quite a podcast, but um, something she was trying interested in getting off the ground. And I, I really encouraged her in that. I thought it would be in it would be really great for her. You know, she had a somewhat rare disease that was very debilitating. And I think it, it would be really phenomenal for, for her to have put it out there. She was someone who I think could have expressed it very well. And I, I did mention the podcast cause you know, I told her that it, you know, if she, if she was able to put this together, that I would love to be in touch to sort of do what I could do to sit, you know, to, um, to talk about it or to connect with her on it. Um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure that she she's gone ahead and done that, but I, I think that that's um, a really phenomenal opportunity for patients as well um, to get their stories out there in that kind of way. And I'm definitely very interested in sort of supporting that and connecting with that. I think that's something that we will probably see quite soon is the the voice of the patient as a medical podcast. It's not there yet. Um, I, at least I haven't found it, but that would be incredibly compelling is, you know, a patient advocacy group or some, some entity like that having its own podcast to say, Hey, I was in the hospital and these were the experiences that I had. And this was what I observed about hand washing. This is what I observed around how the team was communicating. This is how I felt when I left the hospital. Um, I think that that sort of thing would be tremendously compelling. We've talked a lot about the podcast and, and some of the impact that it's had and things like that. Give us a sense of the, the nitty gritty when you are producing them because your podcasts are very well produced. But 
the thematic elements that you're trying to tap into with each one. I mean, they're when you listen to them, they're there. I don't I don't want to step on it. I want I want to hear when you're putting these together, what are the sort of thematic elements, the central dogma that you want to really hit on with each episode? Well, you know, I think fundamentally when I start to think about an episode, the first thing I'm thinking about is, you know, what is what is an idea or a topic that that I think is fascinating. Because if it's something that isn't interesting and fascinating to me, then I really can't expect it to be that way for anyone else. So yeah. I want to start with something that feels important and interesting. Um, that That's sort of where I'm starting. And in terms of what I consider to be sort of within the realms of my podcast, I'm pretty open. You know, I, I say that my, my podcast is you know, about the medical humanities. And to me, that basically means understanding health and illness in medicine through various perspectives from other disciplines. And those include the social sciences, such as, you know, history or anthropology. It includes the, um, the arts. It includes, um, you know, disciplines that are, uh, you know, somewhat connected to medicine, say psychology, but, but still a little bit different. Um, you know, and within the arts, you know, performing arts, uh, writing sort of really, um, media. I, I'm not, I, I, I think sort of almost anything is fair game if it's interesting and relevant. Um, and it illuminates some medical issue seen through a sort of a different lens. Um, I, when I, and then, and then, you know, fundamentally, and as you know, I'm sure, um, there are a lot of fascinating people in the world who do really interesting work. Mm -hmm. They're not always necessarily great at speaking about their work, or they aren't necessarily always uh, the best people to interview. So you also have to figure out who who is going to be interesting and who people are going to want to listen to talk, because it's not everybody. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, finding and connecting with people who are going to be able to, you know, uh, do a good job of expressing ideas and having that conversation. Um, and then, you know, with my podcast, I, I tend to have a central interview, sometimes two interviews that uh, sometimes three even um, that are part of the podcast. And then uh, around that, I have other small segments sometimes that kind of look at that same issue maybe through a few other lenses and i i think about the podcast as uh, somewhat like a collage sometimes mm -hmm. um you know that i want it to sort of come across as a as an interesting piece um with different voices within it so i like that it, it comes across to me as a, like a, like you say a collage i was going to say like a mosaic there's there's music in it there are interviews in it um, there are some really kind of intense studies or treatises on a specific idea. So it's, it's, it's engaging from lots and lots of different directions. Right. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know if you want the nitty gritty when it comes to the production side, but I could uh, talk about that if you're interested. I think the production side, that's, that's the one where we say, you know what? Let's let people enjoy the sausage, but they don't need to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. You also have access to the next generation of physicians because you're a teaching attending. Yes. When you are making rounds with your residents, your interns, your medical students, because you're at a major teaching hospital, is that a priority for you 
to press the buttons in your learners to light the spark in them to say, hey, I need to, while I'm learning how to manage heart failure, pneumonia, hypertension in the hospital setting, to also tap into how do I manage my patient's fears? How do I integrate my own life experiences? How do I do these things? Is that part of the kind of day-to-day for you? Yeah, I really try to. Um, I don't know if I always succeed, but it is something that I that I do bring up on rounds that I do try to prioritize. And you know, I've I've gone so far sometimes as to uh, bring poetry to rounds um, to sort of foster a discussion, say about breaking bad news or another difficult topic. Um, I try to uh, sort of debrief emotionally with with the house staff when there are difficult situations with patients. Um, and, you know, another thing that I do along those lines is I, uh, I teach a class in the medical school on narrative medicine. And so this is for uh, first and second year medical students, although it's actually been opened up to, um, to other people as well. Um, and so I have had um, uh, other scientists and faculty and other people associated with the hospital come to this class. Um, but I've taught this class now for three years. It's a semester elective in the medical school. Um, and we spend a lot of time, you know, reading pieces, writing, um, watching film, media campaigns, and, uh, really discussing a lot of these issues around humanism and medicine, communication. And, um, and I, you know, I, I hope that sort of by trying to put this at the beginning of uh, of their education, these early medical students will hopefully have an interest in thinking about things this way, you know, as they move forward in their training. So give those who are listening to this a snapshot. Do you think it resonates when you deliver the, the talks, when you're, you know, the, the team that's working with you maybe hears your podcast, you have these conversations is it landing? I mean, I, I, I hope that it is what, what you're doing is, is, is the sharp edge and it's, it's the, it's, it's, it's a grain of what's going to lead us to all be successful in medicine going forward. Um, do you feel like it resonates? Well, I think for the most part it does, although Uh I can't say it always does. Uh Um, I think one thing that helps is, um, at Mount Sinai, uh, where I work, um, there is a program called the HUMED program, which means that a lot of the medical students are actually recruited out of the humanities. A lot of them have backgrounds in the humanities. Um, and because of this program, I think there is a larger proportion. It's still, it's still a minority, but a larger proportion of medical students who have had a bit of a broader background outside of just the sort of the physical and biologic sciences. Um, so, that helps a little. I think there's a, a more eager audience that I might find in another institution. I also think that being in New York, um, you know, New York is such a artistic and cultural place, and I think it attracts people who have an interest in a lot of those things. Um, so I think that that does create a slightly more receptive audience. Um, however, you know, there are de- there are definitely you know the students who are very eager to have this type of um, teaching. Um, obviously, the ones who choose to take my class are, you know, fall into that category. I think there's also a population of people who aren't necessarily inclined towards 
the arts or towards more creative approaches, but who may be, though though it's not really necessarily their their cup of tea, they may they are often still receptive to it and can get something out of it. I think there's always going to be a few people as well who who kind of turn their nose up at it and say, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't the hard sciences that, you know, that I care about. This isn't as important as, you know, some other training or research that I want to be involved in. And I think there's always going to be some people like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, I think that sometimes, you know, even if it's really not your thing and it's really not your interest, um, Sometimes it's good for people to be pushed a little outside their comfort zone. I think that that is hugely important in medicine. Like anything else, one of the other things I have a big fascination with is that idea of being out of the comfort zone. Um, but the fact that you're at least giving them that opportunity, I think that your institution is forward thinking enough to provide that and to allow you to have that space in which to do it is is really wonderful. Um, you're doing amazing work. How do the people that want to find you, where do they find you? Obviously, it's the art of medicine podcast.com. You're on iTunes. The podcast is called The Art of Medicine. Where would we find you on social media? So, you know, our Twitter account is uh, The Art of Med. Um, so I, you know, I will, you know, tweet about the new episodes as they come out and sometimes also about other interesting things going on in, in the medical humanities. Um, but I think the best, you know, the best way to find out information is at, is at the website. Um, but definitely you can check out the Twitter feed. I'm also on Facebook, also at the Art of Medicine podcast. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's, crazy to me because it seems like there are, you know, a million people out there podcasting. Um, but if you, if you Google art and medicine podcast, um, it's usually pretty easy to find, find the podcast and Mm -hmm. find the the Mm -hmm. website associated with it. (laughs) No, it's wonderful. Uh, definitely, definitely check it out. The, uh, the website is awesome. The podcast is not to be missed. A new episode was released just, just today or two days ago, right? Yes. So, uh, for those listening, at, you know, middle of June, but that's episode. Is it episode number ten? That is episode number ten. Fantastic. Yeah. They don't need to be listened to in order, right? They can be listened no, to. No, absolutely. Yeah. They're each they each stand alone, um, and they are on different topics. This latest one is about um, pain, pain management, and particular conceptions of pain and suffering in sort of Eastern and Western philosophies. I've listened to it. It's wonderful. It's really compelling. It's it's really interesting. It's a little challenging, too. It uh, definitely challenges some preconceptions that we have. As we wrap up, though, like I said at the beginning, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. I'm going to give you the best cup of coffee in San Diego, and you're going to need to give me the best cup of coffee in New York. There's a place here that opened a few years ago called the Coffee and Tea Collective. They roast their own beans. It's first-rate stuff. Uh, so when you come out for a conference or something like that, that's where you need to go to get your cup of coffee. But for my listeners who need caffeine on the East Coast and they're going to be in Manhattan, where do they need to go? Well, I'm going to actually cheat a little bit with this answer okay, okay. Um, because I don't drink coffee. Um, <laughs> but if you need some caffeination, what a place that I have become completely obsessed with okay. um, is a place called David's Tea that has opened up in New York um, in a couple of locations. Uh, It's actually originally a Canadian uh, store, which has some of the most amazing tea that I've ever had. And so you can definitely get your your caffeine buzz there as well. I love it. That'll be perfect then. 
Listen, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really, really fun conversation and uh, look forward to listening to more of your work on the Art of Medicine podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.